Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Judges 7 is where we're going today. Judges 7, and we'll also read 1 Corinthians 1. So Judges 7, listen to this. Then Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for, for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, Mine own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whoever I say to you, This one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So we brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And then he said, and, and it says, and the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink the water. They're like, they're on all fours, man. They're like belly flopping. Just blah, 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 just all in. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300, and, and you know Gideon was hoping it was the other group, but, but the Lord said, by these 300 who, who did this lapping, like the, the word lap, it literally means like the sound of a dog. So they're like, like making this sound. And, and it says, they, they're going to be the ones. I'm going to save you through them. I'm going to deliver Midian into your hand through the 300. Let all the other people go back, everyone to his place. So the Lord, the people took provisions. They had some trumpets, and it's just crazy. So 1 Corinthians, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Look around you right now. There's some weak, base, despised things around you right now. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things which are that no flesh should glory in His presence. Today, I'd like to preach a message just simply entitled, Show Up and Fear Not. Just show up and fear not. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this group of people. Anoint me to speak. Anoint us to hear. Make a difference in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We've all faced what are called childhood fears. Things that scared us as little kids. I mean... They took our breath away, and, and they were completely irrational. The monster in the closet. 
the monster under the bed. It's not real, y'all. But to us it was. Your great-grandmother wanting to kiss you with snuff juice running down her mouth. Oh, no, well, now that was probably justified. My bad. Let me back up. That was probably a scary thing. I, <laughs> so we have, I better move on. Uh, on the other hand, as kids, we also had a certain amount of irrational fearlessness. We thought we were indestructible. We'd run, jump, climb in reckless abandon. No fear. As a kid, I wanted to parachute. I saw all these army shows and people parachuting. So I went and I got me a trash bag, a hefty trash bag. And I opened that bad boy up and I climbed up on my roof, Jane, and I ran and I jumped off the roof. Did you do that too, Reagan? It, it doesn't work. It doesn't slow you down at all. None. I, but I tried, reckless abandonment, jump, just went all the way down. Real quick, no fear, no fear. Took the, the, the leap, fearless. As a kid, I would go into lakes, ponds, bayous, filled with alligators and water moccasins and nutra rats, and I would swim, and I would fish, and I would ski, and I would frog gig, and I never thought a thing about it. Me and my cousin Randy... We even caught an alligator on a frog gig one night in this little shallow lake pond thing that was filled with alligators and snakes, and we caught one on a, on a frog gig. Not too bright, but fearless. Think about it now. I'm like, whoo, hmm, I don't know about that. As a kid, I, I'd, I'd skateboard along the back of a car. Wait a second. I think my kids have done that. I, not too bright. Fearless. When I started driving, oh, Lord, I hope my mom's not watching, but when, when, when I started driving, I would drive my mom's Cadillac. I'm talking about I would bury the needle 120 miles an hour, whatever. I would bury the needle driving that car, not afraid of a wreck, not afraid of the law, not afraid of anything, Mr. Ray. I would, I would drive that thing so hard, I'd pull up into our driveway, and, and when I got out of the car... It would just be smoking. I remember on my way to church on Traffic Street, uh, I, I was driving and, and I'm, I'm like uh, hoofing around the, uh, the, that spur. Like if you're on that, I can't remember the name of the road right now, but I'm on Texas Street and I take that spur to go the back way to the Traffic Street. I spun my mom's Cadillac like, woo, 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 to, came on the side of the road. I was like, wow, how did that happen? Pulled right out, went back, went to church. Went to church, man. No fear. Not too bright, but, but no fear. And here's the point. You'll do things when you're fearless that you'd never do if you were afraid. And, and, and both fear and fearlessness trump logic. Logically, there's no monster under your bed. And logically, you shouldn't jump into a pond with alligators and snakes. But fear and fearlessness transcend logic. Keep that in mind. In our reading, Midian had robbed Israel blind. I mean, oppressed them, left them hurting for certain, hungry, poor, beat down. It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. 
Deuteronomy 6.11 says the Lord promised them houses in the promised land that they didn't build. And they had experienced that to some extent. But now they're living in caves. They're not in the houses. They're in caves. Judges 6, 2 through 6. Listen to this. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. They're living in rocks in the ground, under rocks in the ground, holes in the ground. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the scripture says, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came, came up with their livestock, their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Delo Shields says of this, the word in the Hebrew for impoverished means to hang low, to languish, to become thin and small. It's used of a man's lame legs or a water source that is practically dry. It's the picture of faded hope. Everybody say faded hope. The Israelites were in this low place spiritually, physically, psychologically. They lived in fear and dread. The Midianites, historically, if you look it up, they, they were descendants of Abraham and Keturah, one of his wives. At, at one time, the Midianites had worshipped Jehovah. Moses' father-in-law was a priest, Jethro, a priest of Midian. Moses married Zipporah. She was a Midianite. But the Midianites backslid. They teamed up with Esau's descendants, the Amalekites, and they became regional gangsters. And they, they teamed up against Israel, and they, they tried to stop Israel from fulfilling her destiny. The devil got in that business and started messing with them. So Israel would plant crops and raise farm animals, and the Midianites would swoop in on them. The Amalekites would come in like a virus and destroy their crops and kill their animals. The Midianites and Amalekites invaded the land and brought all that stuff with them as we read. And they, they were like swarms of locusts. They ravaged the land. They were parasites. Parasites. And it's interesting to note, Guzik points out, the Midianites did not continually occupy the land. They only came during times of harvest, to steal the harvest. Can I tell you the devil wants to steal your harvest? And he ain't going to show up sometimes until it's time for you to reap what you've sown and, and, and work for and believe God for. And you're right there on the precipice of your promises, ready to enjoy the blessing and the favor of the Lord. And then here comes the devil. Some of you have been in that pattern. Can I just preach for a minute? Some of you have been in that pattern for quite some time. That song's been on repeat. It's this recurring nightmare over and over and over. You're stuck in a loop. And my assignment today is to let you know God's about to break that pattern in your life. You're about to skip over that song. He's going to give you some dreams and visions that you've never had before. He's going to give somebody a breakthrough. And you're going to break out of that loop today. Come on, give God some praise for it in Jesus' name. 
You're about to get off the crazy train, right? I, I. You're getting off that thing. You're getting off that thing. In Jesus' name. I'm going to get in trouble. It's a holiday weekend, right? So because of the oppression, Israel went to prayer. It's kind of like, has it come to that? You know, things got so bad. They're like, oh, man, we better pray. Well, they should have been praying already. But sometimes, you know what I mean, it's the tough times that bring you to your knees. And so they, they're like, we, we got to go to prayer. So they began to cry out to the Lord, and they prayed, and they fasted, and, and God sent them a prophetic word. And an angel appeared to a fearless guy. His name was Gideon. How, 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 can, I, how can I say, you know, an angel appeared to a fearless guy? Because the Bible says in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. He was fearless of anything but God. He feared God. Not that he was terrified of God, but he had this awesome respect for God. And because he had God in his proper place, he had the circumstances in their proper place. He had the Midianites and the Amalekites in their proper place. God is for me. These people don't matter because God is for me. He had his perspective correct, and the angel of the Lord was watching him. The Bible says the angel was watching him as he went out and grabbed wheat that the Amalekites and the Midianites said you can't have. He took that wheat, went to a wine press, and began to thresh it so he could make him some bread. He was going to make some bunny bread, and the angel of the Lord was watching him and saying, I like this guy. As a matter of fact, the angel looked at him and said, you are a mighty man of valor. Are you with me? Mighty man of valor. The wording, it, it, it indicates great power on display. Visible, evident power and might. Courage and bravery. He was fearless. And the Lord let Gideon know, you're going to lead a righteous rebellion against this enemy. So Gideon got excited. He got pumped. He went after, you know, the, the, the false gods and made the family mad. You know, there's some people that they don't, want, they don't want revival. There's some people that want church as usual and the enemy having his way with our harvest. But there's some of us that get a word from God and it's like this ain't the way it's supposed to be. And, and that's the way he's looking at it and he's pushing forward. He's moving into his dream and he's offending some people in the meantime. And he sends word out to the 12 tribes of Israel. God has spoken to me. And if you're ready to break the, rebe- the, the, uh, the yoke of bondage off of your neck from these Midianites and Amalekites, then you need to join up with me. I'm telling you, God wants to do something. Now, in my opinion, most people did not enjoy living under a rock. In Israel, most of the people did not enjoy work, 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 harvest comes up and the Amalekites take their stuff. Most of them didn't like that. Most of them didn't agree with that. It, it didn't agree with them. And, and it says that Israel began to cry out to the Lord for help. It, it's almost like they, the reason they were in bondage those old false gods, the, those, those idols they refused to let go of, they wanted to hang on to that, and they wanted God to deliver them. But God was like, no, 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 that's not the way it works. 
So they're praying, they're calling out to God. And so I would say everybody wanted deliverance and most were crying out to God for help. But because of, I don't know, maybe the double-mindedness, when, when God began to move, the, the response to Gideon's call was not that promising. Uh, not everybody wanted to contribute. Not everybody wanted to take part. Not everybody wanted to give God a chance to use them. It's like the Pareto principle. Have you ever heard of the Pareto principle? It's where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Any organization deals with the Pareto principle. Well, it wasn't even this situation. It wasn't even up to Pareto standards. At the end of the day, out of over a million men in Israel, only 32,000 showed up. That means there were at least 968,000 men who did not show up. Less than a third of 1% showed up. Now, I would think Gideon questioned his leadership ability. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's excited. I've got vision. I've got direction. I got an angel of the Lord talking to me. We're going to do something. And so he sends a call out. He starts a church. Hey, church planner, you know, when we as church planners start churches, we're blown away when 10,000 people don't show up in the first week. I remember going to Maryland. Valerie and I went to Maryland to start our first church ever. And we got up there, Cynthia, and I found Emerton Road Baptist Church. It was a vacant building. They had built a nice big building somewhere else. And Emerton Road Baptist Church was vacant. And I thought to myself, I'm talking I just got into town. I got like $75 in a dream. I got three chords in the truth. You know what I'm saying? That's all I got. And I got there, and I'm like, it is going to happen. And I went to Emerton Road Baptist Church, which was for sale for millions of dollars. And I walked on that property, and I was like, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, like, I claim Emerton Road Baptist Church. In Jesus. And I was like, I am anointed. I am here and in our first service, which ironically was on Memorial Day weekend at the Comfort Inn. Hello, Holy Ghost. We had Holy Ghost Encounter 98. And I had, we had distributed 2,000 flyers. David Smith and some others had helped me distribute all these flyers. My little kids are out distributing flyers. We, we, you know, offended all the shopping centers and put flyers on every car. And Holy Spirit encountered 98. Valerie's starting to break out in beads of sweat thinking about it. And, and, as, and we set that up at, Emer at, not at Emerton Road Baptist, but at the Comfort Inn. And we had 37, 38 people show up. Most of those were friends and family. We had seven first-time guests. And I got to be honest, when I looked at the crowd, I was amazed. I'm like, where is everybody else? Where did all the people, where are they? It, now, then I started rationalizing. Well, it's Memorial Day weekend. They're at Ocean City right now. You know, that's, that's where they are. That's, that's the only, but then the next week came and they didn't, you know, I had even less. Because the friends and family all abandoned me. Are you with me? Seems like it's real quiet now. So, Gideon, welcome to church planting. Welcome to the ministry. Gideon, Pastor Gideon. He, he has a, a third of 1% show up. Now, on the side of the Midianites, 
There's over 120,000 soldiers, and Israel has 32,000 men. So you have four to one odds against Israel at that point. But then the Lord said to Gideon, you've got too many. Here's what I want you to do. Send everybody home that's afraid. Now that's not fair. Because you've got four to one odds already. And you've got a history and a past with these guys. It's not fair. The Lord says, if you're afraid, go home. Gideon had to be saying, but God, come on now. Are you kidding me? Please. Four to one odds, and if you're scared, go home. But the Lord explained, if you win with these kinds of odds... You're going to think that you out-strategized them. It was your skills and your prowess. So i got to whittle it down. So Gideon gets up and says, uh, all right, whoever is afraid, go home. And what's crazy is 75% of the men left. 75%, you know. Three-fourths of them vanished as quickly as they showed up. Four-to-one odds now, way worse. Then God conducted the infamous water test. Some went down on their bellies. They're all in, you know. Others took the the water in their hands, lapped it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've preached this for years, and I've heard it preached, you know, that the guys that lapped the water with their hands, they, they didn't go all in, but they knelt down and they're alert. I always saw them as special elite forces. They've got swords. They're looking for the Amalekites. They're, they're like that. Have you ever seen kind of like them like that? That's the way I looked at them. Like they're special elite forces. The truth of the matter is they're failed farmers who have been oppressed for 40 years. They are not special elite forces. And I started processing this and thinking about it. Is that what makes a super soldier? 40 years as a failed farmer and then he gets down like this and he starts lapping up the water. It's kind of like David's five stones. We speculate. We don't know why he got five stones. You know, the the ignorant theologian is like, J-E-S-U-S, you know. (laughs) Woo! The other one, you know, the more skilled theologian is like, Goliath had four brothers, and he was going after all of them. The truth of the matter is we have no idea why he got five stones. If I miss, I'll take another one. You know, like that, I mean, maybe so. I don't know why he got fired. I don't know why the Lord chose these guys that lapped up the water. Maybe because there was less of them. It was the least popular thing to do. Hey, I'll take 300 against 120,000 any day over 9,700 against 120. I don't know. But I don't think that's what made them super soldiers. As a matter of fact, God would give them the victory not through their alertness, but as a matter of fact, He would give them the victory through this bizarre scheme. Let me see if I can make this happen. 
He said, you're going to take some trumpets and you're going to blow those trumpets. And when you blow the trumpet, I'm not going to blow it. I know y'all want me to. Y'all, we are getting very familiar with the shofar. Nope, not going to do it. I need a shoulder strap for this bad boy. But He said, so you're going to blow the trumpet. And when you do, you, you got, you're going to have a lamp. I, I got, you're going to have a lamp. You're going to have a lamp. I'm out of juice, right? But you're going to have, a, I got a Zippo right here. You're going to have a, a, a light. And you're going you're gonna to have a pot. And what you're, when you hear the trumpet, here's, here's your strategy. Get, here's how you're going to win the victory, Gideon. Here's how it's going to happen. You are going to, let's see if I can, oh, what am I doing? Let me get some, Alexander, come here, son. Hold that right there. Put your, you got your safety. Where's your safety glasses? He has them, y'all. He has them. Look, look. Now, no, you do it. And I got a, this is my Thor hammer, handmade by Ron Storr back here. I'm going to tell you something else. This is the coolest hammer of all time right here. It's in my office. But I want you to smash that. To put it on the ground. Or you can hold it. I don't know. Put it on the ground. Oh, God. Oh! Come on now. Perfect. Okay, you can go see. You can pick it up. You're going to break. You're going to break that pot, and you're going to light that light. And, and, and you're going to say, the sword of Gideon. And I'm going to give you the victory. It was the dumbest plan of all time. That's not how, that's not what they teach you in war college. That is not what you do. But that was the game plan. Here's the point. What we know for sure is this. To defeat the enemy that had terrorized and, and bullied them for so long. All they had to do was show up and not be afraid. Just show up and fear not. Just, just get out there and it's, you don't have to be a genius. You don't have to have some kind of strategy. You, you don't have to be strong and mighty. All you got to do is show up. And here's the deal. Don't be afraid. God can use people who show up and they're fearless. God can use people who in spite of what they see, they trust in God and they say, I will not be afraid. Hear me, Donovan. You will not be afraid. You've got a God who's for you and not against you. You've got a God who'll fight for you. You've got a God who's made covenants with you, who shed his blood for you. Just show up and don't be afraid. Give God some praise. Come on, guys, want some people to get rid of the fear, to fear not today, to fear not today. Hallelujah. And I'm coming to a close, but here's the deal. Gideon, Gideon snuck down to the Midianites' camp. He said, I'm going to check out what, what's going on in the Midianites' camp. Got a buddy to go with them. They got down there, and they heard, they heard a dream. One of the Midianites was like, I saw a, a barley a roll of barley bread rolling down a hill and it came and hit a tent of, the, of us, the Midianites, 
And the tent collapsed. And this one old boy looked at the other one and said, Oh, that's it, man. It is over. That is Gideon. The enemy was terrified of Gideon. Now check this out. Barley is not fit for human consumption. When they made it back in those days, not fit for human consumption. It was animal feed. It wasn't wheat. It, it, it wasn't bunny bread, that's for sure. It, it, was, it was not fit for animal consumption. They did not have a high esteem of Gideon. But th- that doesn't matter. God uses the foolish things of this world to bring to nothing the things that are. It doesn't matter how the world perceives you or your circumstances perceive you if you'll show up and not be afraid. God can use you to tear down strongholds to give you the victory, to bring a breakthrough into your family, to break strongholds in Jesus' name. You believe that? Amen. What situation is bullying you today? What has been oppressing you and robbing you blind and humiliating you and beating you down, stealing your harvest? I'm telling you, if you'll show up and cast your cares, think of it this way, cast your fears over on him. I'm not going to be afraid. In Jesus name. Your, your fear. Cast him over on the Lord. God will move powerfully in your, in your life. You may look foolish. Look at this mess we created down here. They had 300 broken pots. They had lights. It was silly. They got guys blowing horns. They had to look like a circus. The circus has come to town. But all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you what happened. That angel brought in reinforcements and said, boys, whew, we got some fearless shower uppers down here. God has sent us on assignment to answer their prayers. Do you want God to answer your prayers? You get out there. You show up and you believe God and you put all your fear and cares on him and watch what God does in your life stand with me right now you may look stupid some of you it may look like this they were blowing those those horns they were doing something it may be your worship you may worship your way into your victory like Jehoshaphat another Old Testament character Facing overwhelming odds. An army that was outnumbering his. Stands out there with his his little ones. His families. And he says, Lord, here we are. You see them. You see us. We don't know what to do. And God said, here's what I want you to do. Begin to shout. For the Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. I want you to get the people to worshiping. And watch me set ambushments against the enemy. Maybe that's what's going to happen to you today. You're going to begin to worship your way into victory like Jehoshaphat. Maybe some of you, you're going to be like the vintage church. The Bible, listen to this. The Bible says Jehoshaphat, uh, not Jehoshaphat, but Gideon had a Holy Ghost experience. Listen to this, Judges 6.34. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself and took possession of him. That was in the Old Testament. I preached it recently. We have a greater experience available to us today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking with tongues. Maybe the Holy Spirit is going to take over you and take possession of you like he did Gideon. But even to a greater extent where you are filled with the Holy Ghost like the vintage church 
and you speak in other tongues. It's foolishness to the world, but God takes the foolishness of this world and confounds the wise. Hallelujah. Gideon had the Holy Spirit helping him. We have the Holy Spirit helping us to a greater extent. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're going to give your way into victory. The church of Jerusalem did that during a famine. Other biblical examples. In a famine, in difficult times, they gave. As they were led of the Lord, they gave of their lack and God supplied their needs. That's what the scripture says in context. Because you gave, my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Stupid. It seems silly. It can't happen. You just show up. You don't be afraid. You do what God's asked you to do. People can look at you and judge you all they want. But if God gives you the victory, they're going to look at it and say, Wow, God did something amazing. Couldn't have been them, right? It had to be God. And that's the way the Lord wants it. Don't be afraid to follow God even in ridiculous ways when it seems foolish. You know the words, don't be afraid or fear not or some version of that appears in your Bible hundreds of times. You, could, you, could, you can take it from the varying phrases that it appears 365 times in your Bible. Once for every day. Every day, I'm not going to be afraid. God used Gideon, and he turned those cave-dwelling Israelites into one, the Bible says it, united fighting man, one machine that came out of that bondage and broke that loop that they had been in. Amen. I want to pray for some folks in this room today. When I say I'm on assignment, I believe God wants to do something and bring a victory. I do not say that lightly. I honestly feel that way. Some people have been in a crazy loop. And you're like, will I ever get out of this loop? Like it's like defeat, 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 failure, stress, trial, no relief, no breakthrough. I can't seem to get out of it. I, I'm telling you, the Lord can break that in a moment. In a moment. To where you say, on that Memorial Day weekend, my life was changed forever forever in that old comfort inn in Bel Air, Maryland where we started our church up there one guy was there named James I preached about him Wednesday night James was there James told me years later with tears in his eyes that weekend changed my life forever I believe James is with the Lord today that weekend changed his life forever. Boom. Could it be that this weekend your life is changed forever? You showed up and you decided, I won't fear. I'm done with fear. I'm done with being afraid. The phobias are behind me. The future is in front of me. The hope is coming vivid again. It's not faded. It's a vivid hope. I see it clearly. 
God has a plan for God has a hope and a future. He has plans for you, y'all. He has plans for you. Can you close your eyes with me right now? Father, I thank you so much for a word that speaks to our hearts. Fresh hope. Lord, we're showing up and we're dealing with the fear. We're putting it aside. No fear here. No fear. Angels on our side. Heaven on our side. Devil is a liar. Those old compromised, backsliding. Father, the, the, every scheme the enemies come up to try to pull me down with, with the rest of this old world, I'm not going for it. I'm reaching out to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.